Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm here to teach you how to find joy, even in the hardest times, and to live the happiest, most fulfilled life you possibly can, while also having a positive impact on the world around you. Treat this podcast as your one-stop shop for all things personal development, health, business, and social justice. Without further delay, let's get unscripted. I'm shocked that this video has not been deleted, but if you're not aware, if you haven't seen it, Rachel Hollis posted a TikTok where she was responding to someone who commented on a live stream about the fact that she is privileged for being able to have a house cleaner come to her house twice a week. And Rachel's response to this was, yes, she is privileged, but she works really, really hard to be able to afford to have someone come clean her toilets. (laughs) And so the first thing that I really want to unpack with this before we dive any further is it's concerning to me that someone who posts so frequently about the anti-racism work that they're doing can still fall into the trap of associating privilege with work ethic. They do not go hand in hand. You can be privileged and work really, really hard. You can also be privileged and be lazy as hell. There's no correlation there. It's not even a conversation that needs to be had. If someone is pointing out your privilege to you, you own it, you listen, and you understand that both things can be true. And it's not an argument against your privilege to be able to point out the fact that you also have a work ethic. So that was the first thing. The next thing that she went on to say Um, after whoever commented mentioned the fact that that makes her unrelatable, that she has a cleaner come to her house twice a week, was that she has no desire to be relatable to us common folk. That her goal is to live a life that is completely unrelatable to other people. Um, and that kind of led down this kind of manic thing. I don't know if the TikTok editing made it seem more manic than what it was, but of her just stating how hard she works, she works harder than anybody else. Nobody is willing to work the way that she works and that, you know, she gets up at 4 a.m. Nobody else is willing to get up at 4 a.m. And because she works hard and busts her ass, that that means that, you know, she um, gets to reap all the rewards of that. And this was so problematic simply because, again, there are lots of people who wake up at 4 a.m. who do not get to reap the rewards that she does. There are lots of people who work harder than she does who do not reach the level of success, who do not really really reach the level of, you know, wealth that she's reached in life. And that ties back to the privilege. It ties back to the privilege. 
And, um, you know, I just think I was talking to Minda earlier today and she brought up a great point that her freaking cleaning lady probably gets up at 4 a.m. There are so many people in life that will work harder, that will, you know, wake up earlier, that will put forth more effort and still not be able to achieve what she's been able to achieve. I saw a comment that um, on one of the, her posts where someone said that hard work does not correlate to money earned. And I believe this wholeheartedly. And I think that if you really believe that you are where you're at in life, simply because you worked hard and the reason that other people are not on your level is because they did not work hard enough, girl, you have some work to do. There's some work that we need to kind of unpack there because there are millions of people who are doing more than you're doing, who are working harder than you're working, who will never even in their lifetime be able to achieve what you achieve. And, you know, the main thing that's, you know, been talked about is just the language that she used when she's having this conversation. I mean, to use language of someone cleaning your toilets, and that's the description that you want to give, is very dehumanizing. It's very demeaning to the woman that you're speaking about. And then to continue on the conversation um, from this elitist perspective of how you are better than her and how you are better than basically everybody else who's watching this video is, it's alarming. It's alarming. It's insulting to her community. It's insulting to all the people who created the success for her. And there has clearly been a pivot between where we started with Girl, Wash Your Face, right? And the vulnerability and the relatability, the brand that was built on the foundation of her being your pal, Rach, right? To where she is now. And a lot has happened in her life between now and then. You know, she obviously has made millions of dollars. She obviously has achieved a high level of fame. She's also going through a divorce. And I think all of these things kind of factor in to maybe her response. Um, I do want to kind of pivot a little bit and we're gonna talk about the apology that came five days after her video post. So she posted the video. There were a bunch of comments being left on there. A lot of people trying to get her to listen, to try to hold her accountable um, to get her to understand where she went wrong and where she was tone deaf in her delivery of this message. And there has been a lot of controversy over BIPOC comments being deleted specifically. Um, and, you know, then her continuing to post on her Instagram stories as if none of this is going on. And then five days later, we get the apology. So the apology wasn't necessarily an apology. Um, I believe that any apology that involves asking a lot of questions 
kind of just proves that you do not really understand what you went, what you did, where you went wrong. And another thing that was really concerning is the questions she was asking were not even the right questions. Nobody is upset about her having a cleaning lady. That is not the problem. I have a cleaning lady. I see Cedric here posting that he has a cleaning lady. Like, it's common. I am all for it. I literally made a whole Instagram live video where we dived into my secret to doing it all is the fact that I do not do it all. I think that in order to achieve success in life, in order to achieve peace, in order to achieve a life that you are happy and fulfilled in and not burned out in, you have to pick and choose what it is that you're going to focus on and where you're going to direct your energy. The problem with the post where she's trying to apologize and explain why she brought up the cleaning lady is the fact that it was off the mark and it just was not genuine. She's trying to now backpedal and say that the reason she mentioned having a cleaning lady is because she wants to be authentic and she does not want to mislead people into thinking that she is a jack of all trades and that she juggles all the balls herself and that she, you know, manages her 10,000 kids and the business and all of these things on her own, which is true. I completely understand that. But that wasn't the approach that she was taking in the video. The video was not about, you know, her wanting to be authentic, her wanting not to, you know, have people compare and create their own shame spirals thinking that there are women out there that are doing it all on their own. She wanted to, you know, show that there is a tribe behind her, that it takes a village, right? But that's not what the post was about. The post was about I bust my ass and I work hard so that I can make money and pay people to clean my toilets. That is what the post was about. It was not about, you know, that transparency of, hey guys, I have help. It was about, you know, I bust my ass, I deserve this. And if you wanted to bust your ass, then you could have what I have. And that, that's the disconnect there. It wasn't genuine. I, you know, was really disappointed that she tried to take that pivot and decide that she was going to spin it into something that it wasn't. Um, you know, the next thing that came up was she spent a lot of time deflecting and blaming her team, talking about how the reason she delayed response was because her team recommended that she delayed response. I... Anybody who knows anything about leadership knows that this is just unacceptable. Like, the buck stops with you. It does not matter who's at fault in your organization. When you are at the top of the organization, it is your responsibility, 100%. Um, and it's not even, it's not fair to her team to be thrown under the bus in such a public way. And it's also an insult to our intelligence, you know, that she would even try to offer this up as a way that, you know, she isn't to blame in this entire situation. Um, the apology wasn't an apology. And there may be a time when we get one, but it does seem that she is still very, very oblivious to why people are upset 
and where she went wrong in this approach. So I'm not sure if it's going to happen. I will say that this is a huge lesson that the work of, you know, becoming anti-racist, the work of, you know, unconscious biases and dismantling that and dismantling white supremacy, all of these things, it's not a label that you achieve. You don't reach that destination. It is something that requires continuous effort. It is a practice. And this is a great example of that because it's not about, you know, you reading one or two books and then all of a sudden you achieve it. It's not that. That's not how it works. These things have been ingrained in you your entire life. You are surrounded by a society that, um, you know, holds up white supremacy and everything. And it's not something that you just simply undo and then you're fixed. And this is a great lesson to that. She's read the books. She's talked about the books. You know, she's made the posts. But she clearly is struggling at this point in time. And that can be for a number of factors. Um, I, you know, was reading the comments earlier today and in conversations with people, I was thinking about Brene Brown's, you know, teachings on the difference between shame and guilt and how shame is I am wrong, right? And guilt is I did something wrong. And I think that this applies in the situation in the sense that we are all human beings And doing things incorrectly, having missteps, is part of life. It is part of this journey that we're on, and it is not realistic um, to expect that of ourselves or of any other people to be perfect all the time. Um, But, you know, there is something to be said about why it's so important that we stop putting these people who we only know on the internet up on pedestals, that we stop idolizing them, and that we recognize that they are human beings. And they do not deserve to be viewed as any more or any less than human. And You know, when you are dealing with people in your everyday lives, these things are things that come up. Um, You know, these types of comments are things that a lot of us encounter on a regular basis um, with loved ones, with family, with friends. And there is a level of accountability that we're responsible to hold them to when that happens. But it's okay to love imperfect people. We're all imperfect. So if you choose to love someone, you have to understand that it's okay to love people despite their faults. When someone, however, has the level of platform that she has, when they have the influence that she has, when they have a certain level of power, with that becomes a necessary addition of responsibility and accountability that needs to be had. So we can love her through her faults. However, her faults cause more harm 
they cause damage to other people because of her platform. And therefore, the accountability is so important. And she has to be able to identify that. She has to learn the lessons the first time, which would have been all the comments she got after she made the video. That was the first time. Then the apology post, I'm doing air quotes because we've established it wasn't really an apology, is now the second time. And we're still trying to teach her this lesson. And the longer it takes her to learn the lesson, the more harm she's doing. And so everybody wants the fame and everybody wants the money. But with that comes responsibility um, in the world that we live in. And especially in the industry that she's in, when she is in personal development as her business, you know, people expect a lot of that. And when she also is someone who is regularly commenting on social justice issues, on racism, and all of those things, that means that, again, she needs to make sure that she's practicing what she's preaching and that she's willing to do that work that she's asking other people to do. And that is something that needs to be addressed. I'm not saying go unfollow her. I'm not saying go fucking return the books. You know, I've talked about Rachel Hollis a lot, which is why I felt the need to address it because it was someone that I have introduced to a lot of people. It's someone who I frequently mention on lives, on book reviews, and things like that. And I felt like I would be outside of my integrity if I did not make it known what my thoughts were and where I stood on the situation. I'm not saying that, you know, she needs to be canceled completely. However, I do understand people who feel that way and I respect that position. Um, but I am saying that, you know, she has a responsibility here to really show up the way that she needs to show up. And that she needs to do whatever inner work needs to happen right now to address what is driving um, this approach that she's been taking. Like I said, she's got a lot going on, um, but something shifted. Something happened um, because the girl wash your face, Rachel Hollis, that told us all that, you know, as a mom who delivered vaginally, that when you jump on a trampoline, you pee yourself, which every mom who has had a vaginal birth knows, but no one fucking talks about it, right? Like that level of vulnerability and relatability to just say the shit that no one else wants to say, um, even if it's not flattering. Um, that Rachel Hollis is not the Rachel Hollis that showed up on this TikTok video. And it could be that this is the true her and we were just deceived all along. Who knows? Um, but she has some work to do. And I will touch on the fact, too, that when I initially watched the video, it was very cringe. I cringed the whole time. And the thing that I went to in my mind was the fact that I know that she is an Enneagram 3. And this is a very typical, unhealthy Enneagram 3 response. So much of her identity as a three is tied into her achieving and her success and 
this made up competition that sometimes threes create in their minds about, you know, them having to do life a certain way to be better than other people. Instead of just living your best life for you, when you are in an unhealthy state, you think that what success means is being better than other people. When really, guys, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Your best life is your best life. It can be in your bubble. Who, who's doing what over there? What level of success other people achieve is completely irrelevant. You are your own person. And what your passions are, what fulfills you, what your desires are, are things that are unique to you. They do not need to be able to be compared to anybody else. You need to just focus on yourself. Um, but again, that seems to be, you know, a slippery slope once you, you know, start to fall into that unhealthy state um, that you start to respond to things in a very aggressive and competitive way. And that's immediately what stood out to me when I was watching that video. Um, so I wanted to kind of point that out, not in the sense of making an excuse for her, but I want to point out why having this knowledge and this understanding is helpful in everyday life. Um, it's really, really important to be able to approach wrongdoing with empathy and compassion and understanding, not for the benefit of the other person, but for the benefit of your own well-being. If you can understand or be open to understanding the reasons why someone is behaving the way that they're behaving, it makes it a lot easier for you not to let their behavior affect you. It makes it a lot easier for you not to create stories in your mind about what it is that's going on. And it makes it a lot easier to not allow anything that someone else does or says ruin your fucking day. It just makes it easier. So I watched it. It was cringe. Um, and I, you know, immediately kind of thought these thoughts about you know, where she went wrong, the Enneagram 3 dynamic, and it was something that I was able to not allow myself to get consumed by because of the work and understanding that I have in this process. So the empathy is not for the other person. It does not matter if the other person is deserving of the empathy. It's important for your health and your well-being that you're able to have that approach so that you do not get consumed by other people's negative actions and behaviors. Couple more points. So I also wanted to just kind of laugh a little bit about her initial statement stating that, you know, she manages her social media on her own. She does not have a publicist. Everything we see that she puts out on Instagram is her 100%. And this kind of made me laugh because I was just like, girl, get maybe get a publicist. Like, if I, like, I have complicated taxes, okay? So if I have a mishap on my tax return, right, I don't get to just tell the IRS 
that, oh, well, you know, I'm not responsible for that because I filed my taxes on my own and I didn't hire an accountant to do it. Like, <laughs> the fact that you don't have a publicist and that you are fucking up because you're posting on your own is not an excuse. You know, you're still going to be held accountable for your missteps and your wrongdoings the same way you would if you had a damn publicist. But in the interest of not doing further harm, maybe just consider hiring a PR team. It might be time to kind of do that. Um, I'm almost done. One more post. If you do not follow at Glow Graphics, G-L-O Graphics, on Instagram, I really, really recommend you do that. Um, she breaks down things in a very, very intentional way um, that it's really easy to receive and learn. And also, she posts a lot of joy. There's lots of dancing videos. There's lots of pretty scenery. It's just an overall um, pleasant place to be. She does have a post that I will share in my Instagram story that um, directly talks about white women's use of the word cis. This is something that Rachel Hollis has really, really struggled with, even though it's been brought to her attention many, many times. And that was also something that came out in this video. So if it wasn't cringe enough, she had to throw a cis in there just to make it more cringe. And that wraps up today's chat. Thank you for letting me get unscripted with you. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe, share with friends, and give the show a five-star rating. If you're looking to get unscripted more than just once per week, be sure to connect with me on Instagram for exclusive content at Nick, N-I-K underscore unscripted.